1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend of Scottish League action. Celtic stay seven points clear after a comfortable afternoon against Kilmarnock. Rangers got a much needed win against 10 man St Mirren as the managerial hunt gathers pace and a share of the spoils in the Edinburgh Derby as we head into the international break that could seal Scotland's Euro qualification. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me you have Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. On a big week for Scotland, 24 hours time we could could be named as joint hosts for one Euros and in Thursday night we could qualify for another Euros but before that Rangers could be announcing a new manager and Celtic's manager having celebrated 700 games as a boss is now seven points clear Yep and I think uh, that Rangers managerial announcement probably needs to happen pretty soon uh, I think he needs to be in the dugout for the for the game against Hibs in 10 days' time, 11 days' time. So, uh, yep, all we look for, and I was at the actually in Derby on Saturday and thoroughly enjoyed it. Really exciting affair. Cheers, uh, spoiled. Stephen Naismith maybe not too happy, but Nick Montgomery keeps his unbeaten record. Well, there was a time when international breaks were considered quiet, but you're telling me that Rangers could appoint a new manager and Scotland could qualify for the Euros and it be announced that we're going to host Another one doesn't yeah. sound too quiet to well, me. It won't be quiet at all. But I mean, the one Good. thing you know about an international break is Kenny Miller might have a night in the house because he's saying he was at the Edinburgh Derby. He's in here nah, tonight. I had to listen to him at St Mirren mm-hmm. yesterday and at Aberdeen on Thursday night. Are there two of you? Absolutely not. But that's me off for the next four or five days. That's <laughs> what you think. So the feet will be up that's unless I'm required in <laughs> here on the super scoreboard. It is a. It's it's not unusual that uh, someone during the week decides that they can't make it and you get drafted in. So there we go. Anyway, oh one four. Wait, sorry, I say I'm a super sub. Is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Well, oh, you've, been, you've been called worse. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You know the drill on a Monday night. We look back on the weekend's biggest talking points. So get your thoughts over to us, whatever they may be. If we start Saturday and work through. Celtic fans, was that the best performance of the season or the most sort of fluid attacking performance? There's been a bit of criticism for home games against St Johnston or maybe taking a while to get going and others. So was that the most sort of convincing attacking display you've seen this season? Uh, who is standing out? Is it still Liam Scales? It must have been Rio Hatati's best game of the season. What, what did you make of him? Anything else that you want to discuss? Brendan Rodgers certainly felt Kilmarnock's goal shouldn't have stood. Derek McInnes felt Celtic's second goal shouldn't have stood. Uh, so there was a bit of debate in there as well. Rangers fans, I suppose game specific, what did you make of yesterday? Can you learn that much from a game against 10 men for so long? You tell us, St Mirren fans, any grumbles uh, about the red card and the penalty award? And that's naturally going to lead into conversations about the manager. So it looks like it's picking up pace, Rangers fans. It looks like it's getting down to two, three, four names. What are you thinking this week? Give us all your thoughts. Who do you want? And there's still time to chuck a random new name into the mix. Why not? I wouldn't shoot you down for that. 01419511025. And we'll have all week to do it. But if you want to go early and get the party hopefully started ahead of Scotland's Euro qualification to come, uh, you can do that as well. Same number or at Clyde SSB. To whet your appetite though, result of the weekend. Result of the weekend I'm going to give to Hibernian. Um, 2-0 down, uh, away in the derby at Tynecastle. Nick Montgomery's first taste of an Edinburgh derby. I think, you know, I listened to Fraser Wishart on the show, I think everyone was convinced 
Hearts had seen the game out and they hadn't and I think it says a lot uh, they didn't hibs it this time they came back and they got a big point OK I'm going to go Levy again mm. there's not too much to choose from to be honest but I think Levy against the Motherwell team who yes they had lost the three previous games uh, but performed very very well and have done for the majority of the season so it was a big win for Davy and his team at home against Motherwell OK goal of the weekend Goal of the weekend well I know what one he's going to pick so I sort of on Saturday night I was trying to make my mind up between Hatate and Palmer and then yesterday at St Mirren Park or as smile a stadium as it is now Gordon I think James Tavernier's second goal not the penalty the second goal is probably my goal of the weekend Okay, Good choice uh, some really good options uh, for the goal of the week but it's got to go to Alan Forrest Ooh, That was, was an one, yeah. absolute rocket driving and off that right hand side and drilling again on his bad foot Left foot shot all the way. It must be. It must travel a good twenty-seven yards, thirty yards into that top corner of David Marshall, and he was rooted. So it beat a keeper at David Marshall for that kind of distance. Uh, took something special. Great hit. Okay, then howler of the weekend. Let's turn it. Howler of the weekend. Back to Edinburgh. Poor old Toby Sibbick. Mm. Um, he didn't just have a hand in Hibs' first goal to two, give them a lifeline. Two assists. He had an should... assist for Eli Ewan's second one as well. Right. Um, not his finest day at the office. Right, okay. Yeah, two, two <laughs> assists for the only opposition. It's a positive, that. It's just nowhere it's for the other team. It's not ideal. I'm going for strain yesterday. Uh, I felt it was always going to be a tough game for Rangers yesterday against a really well-organised St Mirren team that are fully confident and I felt it was quite a level game but that decision to stick your hand out in that moment listen Seymour still had to finish it he might have just been running too far past it as well that he might not have got something on it but stick your hand out penalty red card killed the game as a contest Rangers went one nil up in one man up so Ryan Strain for me yeah what do you think of that Rangers fans St Mirren fans give us a call and your top man top performer of the weekend was um Probably one that Angels fans will want to discuss as well, but it wasn't at the Smyza Stadium, it was at Tynecastle and it was oh, Alec Lowry. Right. Um, once again, showing in a Hearts jersey what he might have been able to show in a Rangers jersey this season. And not only was he excellent for just over an hour, he was, somewhat surprisingly, substituted it 2-0 up before it all went wrong for Hearts. It was actually excellent. You know, I thought the way the teams lined up, Shapes really suited him, just kind of playing in behind that Hibs midfield jet. We had a really good game, hand in the second goal, almost got a goal himself. But I'm going for the guy who dragged Hibs back into the game. Two goals in 90 seconds. Uh, listen again, it's not as if Hibs were great, it's not as if he was outstanding, but to get the two goals in a game of that magnitude to drag your, your team back in it for 2 0 down, Ellie Yuan gets the, gets the vote for me. Come on then, 01419511025. It's the easiest night in some ways because it's quite simply. What did you make of your team's performance at the weekend? Either it was good, or it was terrible, or it was somewhere in the middle. So let us know all your thoughts. How would you sum up your team's performance at the weekend? Who were the standouts, like we said, Celtic fans? Is that is it maybe, was that the best? Was that the most fluid attacking performance of the season? Rangers fans, did you learn anything? Can you learn anything in a game that Kenny says that, that flips so quickly uh, on the sending off? And of course, there's probably a bigger picture. There's definitely a bigger picture. The managerial search. What are you making of the names that are being mentioned now? And there is still time for you to chuck some other names in there if you want. It does look like we're getting uh, a bit of a short list, but by all means, 01419511025. This week, would you expect? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I think, as Kenny said, it's important the new Rangers manager is in for the Hibernian game a week on Saturday. And I think the board will want to give him as long as possible with the squad prior to that. So 
I would say tail end of this week. I've got to agree. I think when, the, <clears throat> when I'm saying it's got to be in the dugout, but really, if the, I would assume that the, the Rangers players may have a few days off this week over the international break. Monday morning, reporting back to training with a full week's prep going into the Hibs game at Ibrox. I think there needs to probably be somebody in to take that training session. Uh, right, come on then, get all your thoughts in, Rangers fans. Like we said, that's going to be the big. It's been the big story from when Michael Beale's departure was announced, and until such times as the new man comes in, we're keen to get all your thoughts on this search. But I think we're going to start uh, on Saturday's game by the looks of it, because John in Blantyre was first through. John, Celtic perspective was that. How was that the weekend? Were you impressed? Ah, uh, that's the best we've played this season, I think. Uh, really pleased with it. Uh, got the three points. I'm obviously not happy it wasn't 3 0 because this is a bit I don't understand. Their penalty, right? So he's been shout, called over to the monitor for hitting their penalty, right? So, he's seen this offside, but fair enough. I've not got a problem with that. The goal they scored, why that, that was allowed to stand. I don't understand that because that is a clear that's a clear foul in Greg Taylor before the ball the ball goes in and they score. So why is so why is VAR not intervening? Because like, VAR's meant to be here to make the, the big decisions, make sure they're right if the referee doesn't see it. Why are VAR why is VAR not saying, wait a minute, you'll need to come and see if the referee's not seen that tackle, you'll need to come and see this tackle because that tackle that should be a foul and there wouldn't have been a goal. So this is what I don't understand how that's... They've no turned out and says... Because VAR's obviously meant to be for important decisions, mm-hmm. getting the big decisions right. In that instant, we let go and that led to a goal. It's, so a, t- it's a tough school, this, Roger. Well, I'm, I'm happy with 3-0. I'm happy with 3-1. But it should have been 3-0. That's John's take. Well, listen, for me, it's a foul on Greg Taylor. I don't think there's any question. There was a clash further up the pitch in the same move with Alistair Johnson, Kyle Vassell. I didn't think it was a mm-hmm. foul, but you go right back to the start to where John's talking. I thought that was a foul. Now, the only explanation that's plausible in this, John, is that, to use one of the buzz phrases for the officials, they didn't think it was the same attacking phase of play because it was so far away from the Celtic goal. Now, I sort of defer slightly in matters like this to Gordon Duncan, who has been oh, in a lot I of these SFA you. refereeing VAR demonstrations, if you like, and get, you know, get some of these rules and regulations explained to him. But that is the only plausible explanation. But because the foul took place so far away from the Celtic goal, 80, 90 yards away from the Celtic goal, it couldn't be described as the same mm. attacking phase of play because th- there is no other explanation for it, John. Well, what I would say, generally, uh, th- I don't think there's, there's no hard and fast moment at which an attacking phase of play starts. You know, usually it would be like when a team sort of crosses the halfway line, goes on the attack, you know, it's, it's a very kind of loose um, loose phraseology, I accept that. But to, to then sort of understand where John's coming from because, yes, the foul on Greg Taylor, alleged foul on Greg Taylor, does happen in the corner flag but it is literally one long ball to Vassell who then passes to David Watson so you would I think be entitled to also say well is that not is that not the attacking phase of play however whilst we are like all football fans in the dark maybe I'm not saying this is my view maybe they don't think it was a foul on Greg Taylor that's the issue with it we we, we or don't enough or enough we of don't, a foul to we, we don't know Roger thinks it was yeah. it's that, that you know, this goes back to that bigger debate about communication. Do you get them explained or not? So either that that's the only two outcomes: it's not a foul on Greg Taylor, or it's not a clear and obvious error, or they do think because it was so far up the pitch, 
they, you know, maybe it's not in the attacking phase of play. But I, I don't think it can be the attacking phase of play one. I really don't because attacking phase of play could start uh, and go for that idea. Like, you think a counter attack stage, mm-hmm. but it just goes bang right through, like this goal. You know, so there's I don't think there's any time frame or no, any distance no, from isn't. goal that the attacking the attacking phase of play kicks in. That was the same attacking phase of play. There's no getting away from it. So I just, I would suggest. That's maybe not a clear and obvious error yeah. enough to rule out. Anyway, John, look, come on. I know this is Monday night and it's kind of what we're here for, but you still won very comfortably. You said it was listen, the best I know, performance. Listen, I know, I know, we won really comfortably, <laughs> but I bet three for nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I knew there had to be something in there. No, listen, listen, listen. I've lost money. Wait, look at this. I've lost money. I've got a problem. Lose money. I've lost money loads of times. You see when I lose money, when I shouldn't lose money, that's what agrees with me, right? That's, that's, and that's, but that's not only... To be fair, John, to be fair, you're speaking like many football fans who feel yeah, that way after the weekend. I do get that. What what impressed you? What what about it was the best of the season I, so I far? Think the, I, I just think the attacking play was uh, was a lot better. You know, I, I just, I, th- I thought the movement was better than it's, than it's been. I think it's been a bit ponderous that, but I just thought it was a lot quicker, you know, and a bit more direct. I just, I think the whole team played, the whole team played a... Really, I don't think Greg Taylor's having the best of seasons. I don't know much. Which uh, I don't like slagging off any, any of the boys, but I don't think he's just not really seeing He's not off the boil. But apart from the rest of the team, uh, that's the best performance I've seen. So I'm um, just thinking, well, it's, it's going to get better. Know what I mean, so uh, I was I was delighted with the game, and uh, I'm not actually I'm not actually any concerns about winning the league. I think Rangers are. A bit of, well, I'm saying a bit of states, I understand, so I think we'll be, I think we'll be all right. Uh, I couldn't understand Kilmarnock right enough. It, no, it's eight two 0 down. You're sitting there and you think to yourself, why you no, why you still having a goal? It's just sad. But eight two nine down, they, they were just sitting back. And I thought you're two nine down. You still get nothing to lose. But them and goals obviously change games. But when they when they get that goal, they. We had a wee go for 50 minutes, but it wasn't enough. As I say, I'm absolutely delighted with the Rangers. Couldn't be happier for the way the season started. So, fingers crossed it continues. And they, I'm happy. happy yeah, camp. Roger, everyone, the Celtic sort of... Well, no, this would be the case anyway, but particularly off the last few seasons, they kind of set their, their own bar where a home game like that, let's be honest, sometimes winning is not enough to excite Celtic fans going to do a bit more and that's something they did a lot last season I think there have been a few games this year we mentioned St Johnson obviously where points were actually dropped then maybe some of the others where it took a bit to get going it just felt like one of those as John says you know, like an, a, a proper attacking display that you would almost come to expect Yeah, I, w- I was at Celtic Park a couple of times early in the season for Super Scober once against Ross County and Flag Day 4-2 and it was a very good game of football but Celtic didn't dominate the way you might have expected Dundee 3-0 but it was 0-0 at half time and it took Celtic a while to get going the thing that struck me about the weekend I wonder now if Celtic and it's taken 8 games for Brendan Rodgers in the league if he's now struck upon his first choice team if Lewis Palmer mm. is now nailed down that position out wide um, now that Hitati is back to something approaching his better form whether that causes a problem for David Turnbull, who, who started that Ross County game, scored two goals, looked excellent, but is now in the look in the periphery again. And now that Carter Vickers is back, whether that might be the first choice back four, because the way Liam Scales is playing, he, he is ahead now of Phillips and Lagerbielka and possibly Navrovsky when he comes back. Well, Brendan Rogers described Liam Scales as one of the biggest surprises of his coaching career, Kenny, and he's, he's seen a lot yeah. over the time. 
He has, but I think that goes to show you how far out of the picture they might have been when, when Brendan first came back to the club. Obviously, he was out on loan last year, but we're sitting here on a Friday night that Hugh had him out of the team one time, so that obviously plays into the fact that he stays in the team. As, yeah, as in, but because Hugh said it, because Brendan Rodgers decided anyway, to keep you know, him in. Scales has been excellent since he came, and there is absolutely no doubt whether he's next to Lager Bielka, obviously Navrotsky's been injured, he's been the stronger one. He's been the more dependent uh, and reliable defender. So... I did say I felt when Carter Vickers was back he could have played himself into, into being the left side of that partnership alongside Carter Vickers and I absolutely agree with, with Roger I've just wrote it down there McGregor, O'Reilly, Hattati Hattati's back to his best or definitely looked back to his best at the mm. weekend O'Reilly's had a wonderful start to the season McGregor you're getting an 8, 9 out of 10 every single week and it was that other side with Abada missing with Jota leaving in the summer who's going to take up that right or left wing slot that's going to be available and the last few weeks looks like Palmer might have nailed it down Kyogo's nailed on and so is Maeda so that looks a really energetic dangerous front five front six if you want to include McGregor throw the full backs into it who uh, have, have been a big part of how Celtic play over the years uh, it looks a strong outfit let's hear Brendan Rodgers thoughts on Rio Hatati. I think he real attacked today. That's his the, the first game where he's come alive for me, and that's because he understands he he has to run and he has to press the game. And when he's at that level of intensity in his press, then he's he's intense with his with his game with the ball. If he wants to get to to the highest level he can, then uh, there needs to be more intensity in his game. If you press the game well, you'll pass it well. He produced a fantastic performance today, so that's the level. Now it's consistency because you can't switch the engine on and off. John, is it any coincidence that what you've called Celtic's best performance comes on the day where Rio Hitati sort of arrives in this season? Well, he's obviously a massive player. You know, he's kind of guy who can just turn games. That's sometimes that's what you need when teams are sitting back and defending against you. Uh, I must be. I mean, these fans just sit there and think, "How is he not playing?" It can't be easy to turn it on every week. I mean, it's. It's, we just expect to be able to play like that throughout a whole season, but it, it's, it's going to be difficult. People must go through dips in form and all that, and and the boy's skills. I mean, he's I've been lucky for the Rossi will get us. He'll we have to fight to get a place in that back four because that boy's been he's passed and everyone's been brilliant. I mean, I I had my hands up. I said he wasn't good enough a couple of months ago, but just shows you some players you give some players a chance and they, mm-hmm. they grab it you know what I mean and the boy's been fantastic he's passing in that his position he's been great he's passing been great he wins headers he can come out a bit he can move out with the ball so uh, he's been a, he, what a surprise he's been so I, I'm delighted things are only get better and the ball boy Palmer he looks as if he's got a bit of ability he's no He's no place for loads of pace, but he can't have ever, you know what I mean? Well, he cannot. Uh, Roger, I mean, the there were a few, and Palmer you know, took his goal particularly well. Derek McInnes felt it was offside. You can get your thoughts over on that. But the I wonder if Brendan Rodgers or the Celtic fans could have sort of handpicked someone to have a really good game. I wonder if it might have been Rio Hitati, just because of the importance yeah. he's got to the team and how they maybe felt like he needed it. An interesting quote from him after the game saying that early in the season he was just providing the minimum that, mm. that was required. Um, so he clearly understands that he's been out of form. Um, he wasn't contributing the way he contributed in the last couple of seasons for Celtic. But the weekend could be a turning point for him this season. He's got his new deal. He's probably got a very nice pay rise to go with it. And it's now about knuckling down. Same with Matt O'Reilly who's got his big deal as well knuckling down and showing the Celtic fans why the club's awarded these players these big deals. 
Come on then 01419511025 Thank you to John What about you Rangers fans We are about to tell you The latest news On the managerial hunt And I want to get your thoughts on it So pick up that phone right now 01419511025 And we will speak to you next Clyde One Super You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 01419511025 Or it is Twitter at Clyde SSB I know it's called X or whatever it is But I, I just can't break the habit of a lifetime 01419511025 That's easy enough Get your calls in And let us know what you made of your team's performance at the weekend Rangers fans, St Mirren fans We've not got round to your game yet So just wait on your calls uh, coming in, sum up all the big talking points Any grumbles about the red card and penalty Can you learn anything from the performance Rangers fans And of course that managerial search Kenny and Roger both reckon it'll probably be concluded this week What type of conclusion do you want? What type of conclusion do you expect? And I have no problem if you throw in some random names in at the last minute You never know, maybe the Rangers board are listening And you can be the person that convinces them uh, to take a different direction Let us know on the phones or at Clyde SSB You can see a few more Celtic calls coming in though Looking back on Saturday So let's bring in Gary Who's in Blantyre How's it going Gary? Yeah good Gordon how are you? Yeah. Um, hello to Gordon and Kenny as well Hello Hi, What Gary. are you thinking then after the weekend? Um, I, yeah, I just want to echo something that you actually kind of highlighted In the, in the last caller um, If a tie reaches a level Somewhere near that every week Then Celtic will, will just play better because if he plays like that in Celtic, it's, it just kind of goes hand in hand. It's no coincidence that the Celtic's best performance, um, looking at the way that he played. So, what, what is that yeah, then? I mean, Gary, we're, we're good at sort of being amateur psychologists and all this. Do you think the new contract, I don't know, does that help? Is it about him when he's in the mood, so to speak? What, what was What's the key? Uh, well, I think you, you can never say and guess MD's kind of any feelings and what's making them tick or not tick. Um, but I think we, maybe with the contract being settled, he's now kind of focused now on what he, what he can do to kind of reach the level that he, he actually has the potential to reach, um, which is obviously away to Celtic down south somewhere. Um, but yeah, it, it's just the way he kind of transitions for getting the ball, he's back to go, and sometimes not even touching the ball, just the way he turns. He just turns kind of defence and the attack so quick, and they just look so much quicker going forward. Um, and again, yeah, so it just. He just transitions play so much quicker um, and he sees passes, he sees passes earlier um, than maybe other players in the team would see. So yeah, it's, it's good to see him back to that, that, that level. Yeah, Kenny, look, it requires a sort of 90 minute or n- near that performance but the the moment, the goal really kind of summed up that that's the bit that's been missing from Rio Hitati this season. How good was that? His goal was outstanding, you know, but he was involved in so much of the play going forward. Uh, he could have another goal or two as well uh, over the course of the game. But I agree, uh, agree with Gary when he plays I think he's bringing something to the team that there's maybe no many other midfielders can uh, at Celtic he came in with a whirlwind he was excellent uh, there was a lot of talk that he might be kind of tiring towards the end of that first season when he came in because he was coming straight off the back of the, of the J-League season started last season off great but then kind of dipped towards what you've got to understand is this guy could have had a really strong relationship with the previous manager you know, and he was maybe again he could have been hurting at his left, or could have been there was a lot of speculation surrounding him as well. He maybe quite wasn't fit uh, or not fit enough for Brendan Rodgers to to play the way he needed to play. But this guy's a really really good player. 
top player. So when he performs, Celtic perform. And like I said, I think he brings something to that midfielder, like, like with the creativity, the the energy, his actually attacking ability as well to to pick a pass and also get on the score sheet. He's, he's, he's scored some big goals over his time at Celtic as well. So they need him playing at that level to probably see that level of performances and he'll bring the best out of others as well. It's probably a bit of uncertainty for him over the summer. You know, Kenny makes the point there about the previous manager. You know, the manager who's brought him to the football club has gone away um, he's seen Jota go to Saudi Arabia at a time when he too was linked with a big money move to Saudi Arabia that didn't transpire. Um, he didn't know whether he was getting a new contract. You know, Kyogo got one before him, Dyson Maida got one before him, Callum McGregor got one before him. All these things probably feed in, and he, you know, he maybe thought about it too much. He's now got his contract, he's now got his pay rise, the transfer window's closed, he's not going anywhere. And I think that certainty, the fact that he's going to be staying at Celtic now for a lengthy period of time, probably feeds back into improved performances because he was excellent on Saturday. Uh, I mean, Gary, what about other names? Who jumped out for you? I know Brendan Rodgers was very vocal in his praise for, for Liam Scales. Okay, yeah, I think um, Scales is going to come in for kind of a special mention, um, also because that, uh, the majority of Celtic fans have probably written him off as well as the, the media. Um Probably never seen a, a future with myself take. Um, and now, yeah, he's, he's in there. He's probably got the jersey at South Toulouse um, alongside Carlos Vickers. Um, yeah, it's just going uh, to say a lot about his mental, mental strength, mental ability, and um, probably knows that that's maybe his last chance to kind of get in the team and prove he, he deserves to stay there. Um, yeah, it's just all down. Just, it was good to see the kind of flow of football. Maybe the, the weather was conducive to a bit more kind of slick passing as well, but yeah, all around, just a really good performance. I've got another point. By the way, if you can. Yeah, I mean, I'm very impressed that you found the the only positive of that weather at the weekend. I didn't think there was any well, yeah, anything good to say about it, but Gary thinks that it was weather wasn't conducive to anything. Oh, I'll tell you what. Anyway, Gary, if you can make it quick, if you don't mind, we're a bit short in time, but crack on. Yeah, it's the it's the, the wizzy offside was the onside thing about um, Tati. Um, now, until last week, I would have said it was offside as well, but the rule is because the defender made an effort and he actually mm-hmm. made contact with the ball, making an effort. That then puts everybody else back onside, um, no matter if he was offside when the ball was actually played. Uh, the same thing happened in the Atletico Madrid game, um, Champions League, um, yeah, where the Atletico yeah. Madrid equaliser, the defender went for it because the player was behind him. But if he hadn't went for it, then that player would have been called offside. So it's just, it's not an error of the officials, it's an error in the rule. See, see for Andy that says my job's easy and Andy could do it the right, because that's exactly the talking point I was about to move on to. Let's hear from Derek McInnes, here's what he had to say. For me, it looks offside in the build-up to the goal when it bounces back off the Celtic player. Um, so disappointed with that because offside should be clear. And when I thought VAR were checking it as they, as they do, I was hoping and expecting that to be chopped off. And John is right in, in the sense that, that that's what it comes down to. Because, you know, I, I hate these sort of still images that always do the rounds. And I, I, I was at the game and it came to my attention. And I could see picture and someone's drawn a line. And you think, well, Hatati's he is obviously standing in an offside position. Have we got a have we got a Liverpool Spurs situation on our hands here? Um but John's right, when that pass is played forward, and it's probably actually meant for Maeda, but that's that's neither here nor there. Stuart Finlay then approaches, he plays the ball, he hits it off of Hatati, it eventually falls to Luis Palma, who provides a lovely finish and curls it. So at that point, the question mark and Derek McInnes was obviously you know, convinced it was offside. The question for the officials is, does Stuart Finlay make a deliberate play? Does he deliberately play the ball? 
I think if Derek's got a gripe, the gripe is with the rule, not necessarily with the officials at the weekend. There was a few similar-ish incidents over the weekend. There was actually, yeah. You think of one of the Alexander Isaac goals for Newcastle at West Ham yesterday when during the build-up, he, he is offside, but the ball that's played to him is off a West Ham defender. It's an intentional act. Therefore, he can score the goal. And I think Stuart Finlay has intentionally tried to intercept. The ball's come off him. Celtic score. Therefore, it's a goal. Andy Considine, yesterday yesterday at Petodre, an own goal. How can an own goal be offside? Don't be ridiculous. But Duke, who is in an offside position, is influencing the action, if you like, of Mm -hmm. Andrew Considine. He's, He's influencing the play. You know, he's interfering with play, as they used to say in the offside rule. So, those were three incidents when the referee correctly interpreted the rule but I think Derek McInnes and some other managers probably don't mm. like the rule uh, Possibly or maybe you know right after the game maybe Derek McInnes was still just on the the, the the first bit of that and he's in an offside position before we get to the deliberate play I know it's frustrating Kenny but in, in the interpretation of the rules It kills me it, it, you, I mean, we've seen, me. We, we watched the Celtic one back that that goal has to stand, doesn't it? Because of the current rule. <laughs> because of the rule, right? right? I know, but my, that's, my, that's my question. So my question about the rule is: What's Stuart Finlay to do? No, play the ball. But then you say it might not actually be for him. It might be for somebody else. So he lets it go, and somebody gets it who is on side and scores. He has to play the ball. Is it deliberate? Absolutely. But Hattie's yeah. a yard away from him. Mm-hmm. So even in the area that he's he's passing the ball the, out the pitch, away from the danger, maybe out for a corner. It hits the player and goes straight to the yeah. the Celtic player's score. Mm. So I understand that. Like, I, I think it's, they've got to look at the rule and make it really, really clear because that it stands because of the, the, the rule. But it's by yeah. a direct influence sure. of the goal. But, but believe it or not, this is the bit that this has them. They have attempted to tidy this up because, as Roger says, that whole notion of when you're interfering and when you're not, that was seen as too vague, believe it or not. So they introduced this idea of deliberate play. And there's, there's this kind of criteria of like, you it's know... It's a rubbish word. Is the, player, yep. is the player like in control? You know, are they balanced? Can they see where the ball's coming from? You know, for instance, if you're like scrambling and you're off balance and you, and you stick a foot out, but, but God, it you wouldn't know what that be is classed though? as deliberate. That, that comes to fruition when he goes to make the deliberate mm. intention to play the ball, gets it wrong and continues on the path through into and, and the... It, this is a unique situation that actually hits the player who is offside mm-hmm. and goes back the other way straight to the player. That rule is based on, sure. I think it was the Mbappe, was it Mbappe? Yeah, it was one the a few Nations years League ago, final. Nations League final, where it was clearly offside. And by the way, it was a deliberate act to play it, got it, and it still went through to Mbappe, who was two yards offside, by the way, who then scored and won the Nations League. Like, it was ridiculous. So that rule kind of came in, or because the word of, yeah, that rule did. came in around about that time. So, but it's just it's just ridiculous. Mm. He's offside. See, if the, so the, the defender gets punished in that situation by getting a clearance wrong. But the problem with this show is we have got enough trouble on our hands debating what is right and wrong within the rules without trying to change the rules. And you know so what? Can they we don't just even know keep, what offside is keep, now after last week. So let's just uh, carry on. I think we need to accept this one. It was probably the right decision, and we can campaign or people can campaign to try and tra- change the rules another time if they so wish. Anyway, right, let's bring in John, who is in Knightswood. How's it going, John? John, can you hear us? John in Knightswood? Can you be happy? Oh, I've got Hello. you now. Sorry, John, I've got you. How's it going? Not too bad. I said, but I, I don't know what Kenny's upset about because if it, 
if it was he was a, he's in a tea player up front, mm-hmm. and if, I, if it worked for him, he'd be happy every week. I'm to him. I'm just going to give you the so background I, I, here, John. Honestly, I, I know people won't believe this. I know people won't believe this, right? But this is not this is not really about Celtic at the weekend because Kenny no. and I have discussed this many times. Kenny just hates this deliberate play thing. You would admit that openly, and yeah, not afraid of in general. It's mm-hmm. just a farce. His, his head just goes with John. Being an attacker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nah, he's a pundit now. I would be happy with this rule when I when I still playing football. Well, listen. <laughs> anyway, what, what what's on your mind tonight? Well, this uh, Derek McInnes, I said he's he he didn't complain when see when the Celtic got a penalty, which was truly I mean, correctly turned off. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Celtic corner. We didn't get a corner. He didn't see him grating the Celtic no getting a corner. He said he only sees what he wants to see when it's going to work oh, for his team. He's not, 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 he's he's not, well, he's not going to bring that up, though, is he? No, as I said, <laughs> he was bringing up the, the offside, which in the rules, we all know it was, was correct. Yeah, yeah I, again, I think it probably is in this one. The, the referee was spot on, they go to the VR, check it, wasn't it a penalty? It definitely wasn't a penalty, but the defender, the commander defender kicked the ball for a corner. We didn't get the corner. Oh, honestly, I, I was the one at Rugby Park in the League Cup game of Haxabanovich right at the end of the game, wasn't it, John? But we need to we need to pick our bat. Oh, no, I think he's talking about that at the weekend. Oh, no. We're talking about the weekend oh, because sorry, when Hitati goes oh, down, a penalty right, gets given. Right, right, right. I'm sorry, I'm with you. I thought we were going back to the hacks of Manavich in a rugby But this is my point, right? I know we're, we are here to do this sort of thing, but we, let's not grumble about corners that were or were not given. Come oh, no, on. I like that. No, I don't. We've not got, there's not enough hours in the day for what it's worth. What Was that the right call? Brendan Rodgers didn't complain. Derek McInnes praised it. Was it right to wipe out that penalty on Rio Hitati? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. Well, we're kind of all in agreement, apart from the the rogue corner. Um, we played the ball. <laughs> I'm going to. Unfortunately, well, VAR can't intervene at that stage and give the corner. That's the thing as well. Oh, uh, John, do we it's really funny, feel it's funny as well as some of the things that VAR can and cannot intervene with. Because I, I watched a couple yesterday in the English Premier I League. Think it's perfectly as well as the English Premier League, not the Scottish Premiership. Mateo Kovacic of Manchester City, uh-huh. Bruno Guimaraes yeah. of Newcastle. How on earth they were not sent off? For second bookings Never mind VAR mm. But the referee in the first place But VAR cannot yeah. intervene But what's funny about that though Just generally Because I know what you're saying Because you've picked this one example Right Where it, where it is at a big headline Can you imagine They went to VAR For every yellow card We're already talking about 11 minutes Additional well, time no, You now want to go to VAR no, For yellow cards Not in the game we were talking I was talking to Gordon off air Kenny before you came in Did you see Sean Maloney's game At the weekend Stevenage Wigan oh, I did not We've lost the play yeah. 17 yellow cards Oh Okay. The worst and, decision. And, and somebody clearly had a better than over and, under. And two reds. <laughs> the worst decision of the weekend is the penalty Birmingham got for anyone that cares. Yeah. But let's keep. We've got our own problems if we're going to go off on a tangent. Come on, John. Do something mad. Leave me on a positive. What did you like about your team's performance? Uh, we're starting to click, and the thing is, the positive thing is, we've not been playing that well. We're still top of the league. Once we click, we're going to be unstoppable again. There you are, John and Knightswood. Thank you. I'll look into that corner for you. One four one nine five one one zero two five. Rangers fans. The latest on the managerial search next. I did say that before, but all the calls kept coming in. So come on, what are you thinking? Now is a perfect time to pick up the phone and we'll speak to you after this. It is a make me a winner double roll over this afternoon. Someone answered the call, but said nothing. It's never good, never good when there's this amount of money on the line. We could make you a winner of, listen to this, 104 thousand pounds 
tomorrow when we make another call but you need to be in the draw and make sure you say make me a winner if you pick up the phone text yes to 61025 text are £2 plus your standard network rate you can enter at Clyde1.com and online entry is £2 as well or call 0330 and the calls are charged at a standard rate it is over 18s only definitely uh, you two in that bracket and all the rules for this network competition are online so the entries since Nuria won Thursday have rolled over and if you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow answer within five rings say make me a winner straight away and the £104,000 could be yours so text yes to 61025 0141 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard I tell you what there is no hiding place now that the show is is live streamed Chris Watson says has Roger been shopping at the Tony Soprano shirt section <laughs> big shout by the way by the way he, he's attached a picture of what yeah. I mean I'm a bit colour blind so I'm not the best um, person but oh, that looks oh, identical that to me sure. that's not bad is it I'll need to get that I'll need to get that on ten. the live stream we'll get it up there um, I sounded like an old person there who had no idea what, yeah, how to, yeah, to work that technology. <laughs> Do you like the PlayStation? I like the PlayStation. Uh-huh. Um, I'll get that sent to one of the clever clogs in the background here who can get that put up because that, that's, that's bang on. That is. So he's off today. Yeah. He was off the day job. So he's, he's yeah. relaxed. Yeah, guys, guys, he's guys, a relaxed yeah. look. Relaxed look and a lift to and from work for me. That's what it means when Roger Hanna's off work. So happy days. I will not be, con- be criticising him. Believe me. Whether that shirt is bad or not, Chris, is n- n- none of my business. Um, right, Roger, I know you're off, but you're not off here. What's the latest? What uh, is it safe to say we're now narrowing down yeah. the, the names on the Rangers managerial search? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think well, John Bennett and James Bisgrove in London this week to hold the final round of interviews. Um, I don't think they'll be interviewing 10 or a dozen people. I think you're probably looking at two or three or four and it'll be the names that have done the rounds, I would imagine. Philip Clement, Kevin Muscat, um, possibly Pascal Janssen. I know Scott Parker was mentioned. Uh, I think it will be one of them. I would think it would be difficult to imagine a complete googly coming from nowhere and becoming the next Rangers manager. I assume it will be one of the ones that's been mentioned. I know John Eustace lost his job this morning in Birmingham. I don't think it'll be John Eustace. Um, and it's now just going to be down to the chairman and the mm-hmm. chief executive, and we don't really know which way they'll go. Part of the reason we don't know, Gordon, is they've never had to make this decision before. You know, even if you think back ten or eleven months when Giovanni van Bronckhorst left and Rangers appointed Michael Beale, it was Douglas Park and Stuart Robertson that were doing the appointing of Michael Beale at the time. So there's been a change in the Rangers board, and. It will be interesting to see which way John Bennett and James Bisgrove choose to go. Yeah, it does seem to be, as Roger says, Kevin Muscat, Philippe Clement. Um, I mean, Pascal Janssen's name's still in there, but he seemed to distance himself from that last week, didn't he? Um, an impressive start to the season. That doesn't necessarily uh, rule it out completely. And although Scott Parker had been mentioned, John Eustace, it doesn't really seem like they are as, as in the frame um, especially because John Eustace was only sacked today. He became the bookmaker's favourite, Kenny. I'm, I'm not a gambling expert, but 
I suggest that's probably just because people went and stuck a few quid on it rather than anything else. I probably not a lot either. Don't it doesn't take a lot to shift those types of markets with all the inside knowledge and the people that could potentially be in the know. But I think guys that are out of work might be of interest, really of interest, without having to pay any compensation and uh, and, and so so forth but uh, yep I think Clement probably comes at, maybe at the top of that list obviously you've got Muscat whose season finishes in the next mm-hmm. five six weeks or whatever but is he going to leave now or are you going to wait I don't think Rangers can afford mm. to wait that long so yeah it does seem to be kind of narrowing down to this two or three uh, three and two or three names that have been mentioned I think Clement would be at the top of that based on the fact he's maybe not in work yeah Kenny on the line, Kenny is in Kerluk. Who would your choice be, Kenny, or what have you made of the latest in the, the managerial search? Well, the names that are getting mentioned, the, the three that, well, the, the two that were mentioned initially there were uh, Clement and Muscat, and I'd be fine with either of them, mm-hmm. um, along with uh, the ex Frankfurt manager. Um, Cl- uh, Glasner, isn't it? His name, Roger? Yeah, yeah Oliver Glasner. Yeah. I'm not sure he's one of the interviewees. That's happening. So, um, regarding Musk, probably Muscat would be probably the one that I would I would like. Just obviously ex player um, and plays the attacking mm-hmm. style that that I think we're looking for. Um, interestingly enough, he doesn't really have his own backroom team. I think he's got one one coach who's Australian. The rest he uses a Japanese kind of. Um, uh, kind of back back uh, backroom setup, so that would probably make me think that if they do go with him, then he might just slot into the existing setup that's there at the moment with Stephen Davis and Alex Ray et al. Um, well, right, let's go through them because the, the one potential stumbling block, as Kenny mentioned, was the the, the contract at Kevin Muscat's existing club, Roger. But I always. Not really basing this on much I certainly haven't asked him I feel like if Rangers wanted to make that happen now It probably would still happen yeah, now yeah, I know I there was reports earlier would, last I com- week but I would completely agree with that Do you yeah. not think that doesn't, that doesn't change anything? No, I, doesn't th- get I think if Rangers want Kevin Muscat And Kevin Muscat wants Rangers mm-hmm. Then the last few weeks of his Yokohama contract Won't be difficult to deal with um, I mean Kenny on the line Kenny Miller Has, has got those two with, If you were to narrow it down to two Is that the two you think? It's me you're talking about yeah. Kenny on the line. <laughs> Kenny Miller. Yeah, I think I've yeah, I think uh I think Clement Comp is right at the top of that. Like you say, Jansen did distance himself a little bit, another decent contender, but again, what's it going to take to actually get him mm-hmm. to get him over to Glasgow? Like you say, Muscat does kind of tick a lot of boxes with the ex player and like you Kenny on the line says, that maybe that gives him the opportunity. And if it's not going to be the guys that are there, maybe to follow up with guys who maybe have had some kind of connection to the club, who have, maybe guys that he's worked with before. Uh, again, guy, Neil McCann maybe played there when, when, when Muzzy was mm-hmm. there initially. Uh, maybe Alex was there as well, actually, when he played with him over that time. I think Alex went the year after, uh, to be honest, or two years after. So there, there, there's opportunities there. But I think those guys in particular, I mean, again, if you look at closer to home, which it looks like now, it's probably not going to happen. Like, say, Eustace and Scotty Parker and guys like that are, they look like they're going to be overlooked at this moment in time. Well, we're, now we're really getting down the line because we've appointed Kevin Muscat and we're talking about who's coaching team are going to be. Yeah. So, um, Kenny on the line, you know, it says about that existing setup. That would be an interesting one though because there's no harm to Stephen Davis and he's very popular and he's very well respected. But until, he's he's not not a coach yet, if that makes any sense. So would that would that not be a surprise if he or, or would that would he potentially remain as part of the continuity? I think like what what I think Davo needs to 
firstly understand what he wants to be I think he's even talking today about still yeah. wanting to try and get back fit and be a player what I would say is I think if something was put in front of him at this stage of his career at the age that he's at it would be something to think about I believe he's, he's, he's only just started or he's at the early part of going through his badges as well so I think I think moving forward whether Davo comes back as a, and gets fit and starts to and wants to continue to play I think there could be a role there for him in the future. Whether that role is it's with the first team or is it maybe with the younger lads, whatever it is, I think there would be a role there for him because he's a he's a wonderful guy to have about the building and there's no too many left there that have kind of been through it and done it at that club. So I think there's always a, a place for those types of guys in a, in a building to kind of keep the standards and a bit of the tradition there. Kenny on the line. Are you expecting it this week, Kenny, or is it are you desperate for it to be before Rangers play again? Does that stuff matter? No, I'd, I don't think so. I just want him to get it right. I just, you know, I, I think, it, and if it if it rumbles on to next week, then that, it just takes as long as it takes. I would, um, yeah, I just, I just rather they got the they got the appointment right. Um, if 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 it's Clement and he's able to come in just now, then then uh, all well and good. But no, I, I think um, I think just just get it right. That's my only thing. Um, there was one wee point I just wanted to mention about your last call. Yeah, about the make corner. it quick if you can. Remember he, he said about how the, I think there was a penalty was disallowed for. Oh yeah, a tatty, um, yeah. Off, for offside and then but they never got the corner. No, it was a, no, it was Hatati was. It was a penalty because the ref thought Hatati had been fouled, but he then went to check the monitor and decided Hatati hadn't been fouled, and so the penalty was taken away. Ah, okay. There we no go. Problem. We've cleared so it up. I thought, I thought, Thought that was an off. Nah, no, 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 no. All good, Kenny. Thank you very much. That was Kenny on the line, which takes us up nicely to this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. Thescottishsun.co.uk/slash-football. It's a new week, a clean slate on Beat the Pundit, and if you want to try and win yourself one of these money can't buy signed balls, then now is your chance. It's 01419511025, and the lines close at seven. So let's hear from you. If you're just joining us, I've no idea where you've been, but you better have a good excuse. We've just been looking back on some of the weekend's talking points, assessing Celtic's performance, Rio Hatati's uh, part in it, Derek McInnes's feeling of injustice about a Celtic goal, Celtic's feeling of injustice about the Kilmarnock goal. We even argued about a corner that should or shouldn't have been given. So it's, yeah, it's kind of usual Monday night fair. Uh, and we're wondering your thoughts on the Rangers managerial search as well. Anything else out there, you Motherwell fans? What do you make of that at the weekend as well? Uh, and of course, it is International Week. It could be the International Week that Scotland seal their Euro qualification. So get your thoughts in right now, and we'll play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, slash football. Right, it is a clean slate, a new week The listeners started on fire this season The listeners put in the, the hard yards They look the sharpest after pre-season But I feel like now that the pundits have got a few games under their belts Minutes in the legs They're starting to show their class a little bit So we need to get some more listener victories Milo in Greenock, are you up to the task? I believe I'm up Good, I believe in you too You sound like a confident chap So let's hope uh, that we can do the business Is my 50 pence missing? I'm telling you the thing, Things are getting moved around this studio It's making me uneasy I must admit It's like when someone comes in And rearranges your furniture Right heads It will be Roger Hannah Tails It is Kenny Miller 
and it is Tails. It's Kenny against Milo from Greenock. So we'll give Kenny some greatest hits radio to listen to. Uh, and that way he won't hear us. Milo, 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, OK? That's fine. Right, your time starts now. Who was the last goalkeeper to win the Scottish PFA Player of the Year? Hey, Gordon. Which team were promoted to the Scottish Premiership last season? Oh, indeed. Who preceded Craig Brown as Scotland manager? Pass. Gary Naismith is the manager of which SPFL side? Pass. Name any set of brothers that both play in the Scottish top flight. Mm. Again. Who was the only player in the Scottish Premiership to score a double at the weekend? Okay, let's bring back Kenny Miller. Can you hear us, Kenny? Absolutely, yep. Good, same. I don't think you've lost a season. Oh, there you go. There Sorry. No, no pressure. Uh, same set of questions, and your time starts now. Who was the last goalkeeper to win the Scottish PFA Player of the Year? Craig Gordon. Which team were promoted to the Scottish Premiership last season? Dundee. Who preceded Craig Brown as Scotland manager? Betty Volks. Gary Naismith is the manager of which SPFL side? Stennis Name any brothers that play both play in the Scottish top flight? Shinny. Who was the only player in the Scottish Premiership to score a double at the weekend? Yuan. Rangers managerial prospect Kevin Muscat currently manages at what team? Yokohama. Stair Park is the home to which Scottish side? <laughs> Stranach. <laughs> Pain on his face. Thought Roger Hanna had wheeled his chair over his toe. Uh, right, I think we might have got there in the end. Milo, have you done enough? No. no, oh, no. <laughs> it's never good when you know before we go through. Interesting one, the first question. Because you both went for the same name. You were both wrong... And I was so sure that it was that guy I looked it up before the show Craig Gordon has won multiple, I think Football Writers Awards mm-hmm. But never the PFA Award McGregor Andy Gorham Way was back, 92-93 wow. So all that tells you Is that professional footballers Don't care about goalies Correct Basically uh, So Dundee were promoted But last season You both got that uh, Craig Brown preceded so Andy Roxburgh before yeah. uh, none of you got it Gary Naismith is the manager of Stenhouse Muir 2-1 to Kenny name any brothers that both play in the Premiership you had the Forests James and Alan the Shinnies Graham and Andrew as Kenny got so he goes 3-1 in front or the Kellys now somebody out there needs to tell me has there ever been a case of one brother scoring a penalty into the other brother because that's of course what happened at the weekend yeah. come on Roger no, I don't think so. What? You know the shoe sizes of players. That's no, what I'm saying. I don't think it's oh, happened right. before. Oh, well, that's it then. It's gospel if he says um, it. Yeah. Because honestly, when it happened at the weekend, and then Livy thought they had another penalty, didn't they? That was right, yeah. And it was, it was outside the box. Yeah. So there we go. Um, all that means, Milo, is that you're still trailing 3 1. You did show some signs of life. Ailey Yuan got a double at the weekend, but Kenny got it as well. He knew that. Kevin Muscat's in Yokohama and eventually despite the pain he knew that Strunar played at Stair Park I guess so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 a 6-2 win you must have played there Kenny I scored cheers pal cheers Milo I scored my first ever goal first first team goal no no for for the first goal for Hibs Uh, in a league cup tie no no it was the last game of the season Hibs got promoted for the first division to the Premier League First goal for Hibs. Well, I thought you'd have maybe remembered a bit easier then. It's happened. I'm <laughs> in the parts. I know we put it sure, no. It's happened at the back post. Tam McManus. You'll say it was a cross. It's it a shanked a shot. That was at the back post. Just to that was your in. first Hibs goal. Yep. Stopped for chips and Kevin the way up the road. Did not actually. I yeah. jumped in the car or straight. Oh. You're the type of guy that knows how many goals you scored in your career. 
Probably aye. aye. Don't give me probably, that aye. means yes. 286 all in, 19 for, eh, sorry, 18 for Scotland, so was that 268 club goals? There we go. And the first one was at Stair Park? First one a collector's was, uh, item. First one for Hibs. Right, yeah. you didn't do enough Milo, but I liked, I liked your company. Who do you want as the new Rangers manager? Give me a name. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know much about Clermont, but I'd probably say Kevin Muscat since I put me on the spot. Yeah, so fair enough. I, I don't know, if I'm honest. I don't know. There's so many names, but it's... Is that, I mean, that, that that's not a bad thing, Roger? And by the way, Peter is quite right. Sharp as attack. I'll I will make sure heads roll for this, Peter. James Tavernier, of course, scored a double at the weekend as well. Right. I don't know if these questions were written on Saturday night. Just was well, that the that only player? It did say ah, the only player. Go, Come right. on, yeah. we can do better. Um, the first of the, the first of the last two managerial appointments, it felt like everybody wanted Giovanni Van Bronckhurst just straight away. I don't think as many wanted Michael Beale, but he did emerge as a very obvious one. It's fine, isn't it, to sort of say, do you know what? I really don't feel too strongly about it just now. I'm not sure that that's kind of where Milo is. Well, listen, sometimes there is an obvious candidate, and man, you know, when there's managerial change, and I think that's how it was. We discussed this last Monday night in the show. The last two Rangers vacancies, there were obvious. Front runners from the start. I'd and even go as far as say three, because I think even Steven Gerrard became very the obvious one yeah. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that was obviously announced before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, this is definitely different. It's different from all sorts of areas. It's different as we said earlier on because it's different people at Rangers making the selection mm-hmm. this time. There isn't an obvious candidate jumping out at you this time. So it'll be, I'll be fascinated to see who mm-hmm. they go for. If Milo says he doesn't feel like he knows that much about Clement, what what does he need to know? What would you tell him? Well, he needs to know he was extremely... I think he's at 49 years of age. He was extremely successful in his Belgian homeland. I think he won three consecutive league titles. Milo won with Genk and a couple with Club Bruges. Went to Monaco in France. Was less successful with Monaco. Hence, he's currently out of work. But um, does have experience in British football. I think he played at Coventry for a while in his playing career. So we'll know a bit about the British game um, and comes with a decent track record. If it's him, we we spoke about this last week, Kenny. About you know what, what does what does a what does a profile of manager look like? And we just have to accept you're not getting someone who ticks every single box. Obviously, there's only a handful of clubs that that can do that. Um, most people seem to phone in and say that they felt like experience was really really important this time. It, it, it take it Clement's got a suitable level of experience for you I think so I think the uh, and success you know so I, I said last week I think have won something no, no, no even won something I think that definitely helps because if you're winning something again if you're, you're talking Bruce you're talking it's one of the biggest clubs in the country so they're under a pressure to go and deliver and win so he's, he's been in, as it's not going to be as intense as it is here in Glasgow that's for sure but he's They'll seem like they'll feel just as intense when you're in that you're bruise and you're expected to win. So he's been there, he's done it, he got the bruise job off success at Genk. So he's been there, he's, he's got success. I don't think it necessarily means you have to have won something. I just think success at some levels. And we talked about again, for instance, Stephen Robinson's had success. You know, he's not won anything mm-hmm. uh, up here, but he's had level of success with both Motherwell and obviously now St Mirren. And I'm going so, to surprise you, Gordon, as well. Neither of you two gentlemen were on the show on Saturday. So I'm glad you're sitting down. What I'm about to say will surprise you. Gordon Dale made a really good point in Saturday's mm. show. He said the next Rangers manager, his top quality needs to be man management. Because Michael Beale was brought back to Ibrox on the ticket of being an outstanding coach on the training ground. 
and it's not worked because his recruitment was poor and we're led to believe his man management wasn't great either. The point that I was making was whether you've got the level of success, that would be preferable, as you say, Kenny. But Rangers at the minute need someone who can come in and manage the players there and get more out of them. Some of them are proven winners. They've been to a European final, they've won a league, they've won a Scottish Cup, but they're not performing just now. So they need a man manager in there. And if we're talking about the man management in terms of like the emotions or whatever, or, or the, the character building, you might need to pull Cyril Dessers up from wherever he is, rock yeah. bottom, you would imagine, confidence-wise. <laughs> Sam Lammers, others sitting... You know, dropped yesterday on the bench watching kids get put on before them. Not saying it's wrong, but there was that there was that great shot of when Rangers made the change, and you can see both of them sitting in the background, and you wonder what they're thinking now. Well, you know what, right? Roger makes a good point there. Like I'm saying about success on some level, that's one. That's one box tick. Yeah, of course, it's, it's always no, more than there's that. A, there's it? another yeah. six boxes that probably need to be ticked if you can. By the way, you're not going to tick them all. I'll take a step further than that. I watched them in the warm up. I stood and watched them in the warm up. And you could tell there was real, real disappointment there. And both Lammers and Dessers, clearly, because firstly they're not playing, potentially then because there's a, a 17 year old boy them, yeah. who's replaced them. And then I never seen the shot the, of them at the bench. So it was, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's got any divine right to, to be chosen to play. Mm. Particularly in this moment of this Rangers team, you know, you need to, you need to show more. You need to be earning that slot and clearly Stephen felt it was the right call to maybe give the young lad a chance and you know what he done great played a big big part in that first goal as well and showed energy and an enthusiasm to actually go and play so uh, it turned out probably to maybe be the right call and Dessels was given his chance and what did he do with his chance? he missed the chance when he could have went through another 1v1 probably got his last touch a little bit too wide made the angle a wee bit hard and never quite caught his shot anywhere near as clean as what he would have liked so it was a uh, Aye, listen, Rangers got three points. They needed to do that. They needed to do it for Stephen. They needed to do it for themselves. They needed to do it just to, to salvage any kind of hope that there is still going to be a title challenge there and something for the new manager to actually salvage. Because had they dropped points there, it would have been game over. What, what, what did you make of the game? Can, what did you, can you take away anything? Does the red card... I think it changes Kill the whole, it. I think it changes the whole yeah. thing I thought it was quite a, a level game. Actually, Rangers obviously would have had the, like, more of the ball. I don't think it was like like lords more but I felt they had more control uh, without really doing anything it was quite you know I was looking forward to it as soon as that happened the penalty was given the man was sent off James Tavener stepped up and dispatched it uh, that ended as a contest I think for a Rangers perspective they could have maybe been a little bit more urgency on the ball and moving it a little bit quicker to try and really get that 10 men working and, and, and opening them up which I suppose they did towards the end but there was a spell like long spell for the second half to when the second goal went in that it, it actually didn't look like they were going to yeah. get that second goal you know so it become a bit of another a tough watch but you know what under everything all the, the scrutiny everything that went on that week the pressure that they needed to go and win that game I think three points was enough there have been many positives around does it does Seema deserve a bit more credit you know it's, the goal return certainly looks like of all out of all the negativity about the new signings is he at least contributing I, numbers wise I, I came to him a couple of times early in the season I thought he was dreadful at Kilmarnock and I think it was another game as well after that Gordon that I wasn't impressed at all but he's scoring goals and if you're criticising Dessers and Lammers and others for not scoring goals you do need to credit Seaman mm. for, for standing up and scoring goals um, he took the one there'll be a lot of Rangers fans yesterday Breathed a mighty sigh of relief when he scored that second goal because it did 
it officially ended the contest because at 1-0 there's always a thought that St Mirren will get a set piece and Shell were into the box and anything can happen they can score an equaliser Seema put the game to bed yesterday I think is that six in his last six starts Kenny that's right that's, it's, yep. it's not a bad record the last Rangers striker to do that was a guy called Morelos <laughs> and how many I, I'm going to try, try and package this debate in a, in a new way but I don't think I can because you know what name's coming here all week long again it's James Tavernier's never a captain He's part of the problem Forget the new signings The old guard Tavernier, Barisic, Goldson Get them out Look at the, the, the banner Behind the goals yesterday And I'm not saying There's not truth in some of that But then again He goes and scores a double And we're back to Feels that we're back to square one On that debate again Because If you took his goals out of the team Where would Rangers be? But maybe he isn't As good as he used to be Or whatever I don't know How do you, how do you square that one? You know what, I think when you say it's not just the new players, it's the old guard, what you're actually saying is, not that, for me anyway, I'm not saying that they, oh, they should be gone, that they've been at the club too long, I'm not saying that. They need, also need to improve. Right. You know, they need to be given more. Like, when you've got guys like I've been at the club a while, it's it's part of your job to help the new new players that are coming in. You know, unfortunately at this moment, there's just no really been many players that have been performing to the levels that they're, that they're capable Uh and again, I said it last week, there's far more pressing priorities than the Rangers to, to take the captaincy of James Tavener or even think about, by the way, replacing him. For me, that's just a no-go at this moment in time. And again, he showed that importance again yesterday. When he needs to, I think that's his 54th penalty that he scored out of his 107 goals. You still need to step up and take that. And then that, that second goal, I mean, Rodgers gave it the goal of the weekend. It was absolutely sensational. It reminded me, actually, Rogers' his Peter Head goal in the final of the Petrofac Cup. I heard that yesterday, yeah. yeah. I think that one was better, actually, but, the Petrofac Cup. Some of the, stat, the, the thing that amazed me yesterday was how many penalties he had missed for Rangers. He missed about a dozen. Yeah, 12, I think, yeah. 12 or 13. Um, and it is, so it's still, what, what is it, it's 50-odd non-penalty goals, which, yeah. Probably, yeah. which would be yeah. some number for a right-back, I would imagine. Unless we've had this debate about James Tavernier since he first set foot into Ibrox. James Tavernier going forward can be swashbuckling, he can be cavalier, he can be terrific. If he could defend, he wouldn't be at Rangers. He'd be at a big club in the English Premier League. So, you know, Rangers supporters for a long, long time now have had to deal with the fact that going forward, terrific, defending, not quite so good. But as Kenny said, there are a lot of things that the next Rangers manager needs to sort before he needs to sort James Tavernier. And... And people will rightly say you can't use all this stuff as an excuse. Fine, that's not the intention here. But something very typical about Zach Lovelace, and it was a big, big call that, and he plays, and he's seventeen years of age, and the big new signings are left out, and he has a hand in the goal, and then he's injured. And I don't, I ain't no physio. You'll have suffered some hamstring injuries in your time, Kenny. But that did not look clever. It looked a bad one. Yeah, I actually got a text from the doc. Uh, Doc McGuinness when it was going on he was obviously listening to the game and when I say it looks like a bad one and you get the compression on it straight mm. away he was saying that looks like that looks like it could be some severe bleeding in that one so he says it looked a bad one I remember my first hamstring and I went down like that you know and I think the first one's always it's, it's new you know you're you're young you you feel it and that, but that looked bad straight away you could see it because it wasn't even in full flight it was he was trying to manoeuvre his yeah, body out the kind of way of, of a contact yeah so it did look bad he went straight for it uh, 
Luckily enough, they got the got the mm. stretcher on, they got the compression on it straight away. But it's a shame because he did. You know what? I think one of the stats that came up within him is like 60% of Rangers attacks were coming down that side. And I know that's Tavernier, but for me, it was also uh, Loveless. You know, he, he brought something to the game, he brought an energy, and the quality they showed turning Tanzer inside out for the for the cross that led to the penalty, I thought was, was some real quality as well. So it's a shame to see him on his debut get that kind of injury. Thanks again to Milo for his thoughts. Tom is on the line. Tom, have you got any? Any new names that you want to throw in, even at this late stage, or any thoughts on the managerial hunt? Yeah, well, I've got a, a new... I'm actually a Motherwell supporter, but I'm hanging for Rangers. Don't here. tell me you're moving Stuart Kettle well on. No, no, no. Right, no. OK. Uh, but, right, you maybe just laugh, you maybe laugh at this. Oh, good evening, by the way, Gordon. Oh, Roger, don't, I'm Kenny. don't worry about it. But, but uh, Robert Martinez. Now... I know he's in a brilliant job with Portugal just now, mm-hmm. but this is a man, we're talking about man management. Well, this man, he's managing, like, say, Ronaldo just now. Before that, he had the hazards at Portugal. He'd done a brilliant job with Everton. I think it was a 56% strike rate. They would scream for somebody like that just now. Could then Rangers tempt the Portugal manager away, do you think? Well, we'd see that as the point, but my thinking is, we all know what your wife's got to say these things and he's got a Scottish wife. That is true. So that was my, my, my thinking behind that. It's somebody that's not been mentioned, but I think he would be a great a great fit for Rangers. I did say it, Roger. I don't mind because look, the, the, the fact of the matter is it is heading that way. It doesn't look like it's going to be Roberto Martinez, but it was, it's my fault. I said I'm still happy to hear names or, or suggestions that people want. Could Rangers tempt the Portugal manager well, away? Tom, I too have a Scottish wife and if I was to say to her, you can live in Portugal and I'll need to do eight games a year or you can live in Glasgow and I'll be doing two games a week in Dingwall and Aberdeen. And getting slaughtered I, by I, Kenny Miller and I, Roger Hanna. Exactly. I, I think she would probably suggest that I stick with Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo <laughs> Silva and Cristiano Ronaldo. Kenny, some, like, obviously some international managers do long for the, the, the day-to-day it just feels like that's that's quite an elite managerial, international managerial job, doesn't it? It is, but I, I, I like the shout because it's a... I think you should be targeting those types. Celtic have done it with Brendan Rodgers, ex-Liverpool manager, ex-Leicester manager. He's managed in the Premier League and had a decent, again, decent level of success. I think, I mean, Rangers apparently were maybe targeting or trying to target Graham Potter. That could have been maybe their equivalent of the Brendan Rodgers scenario. But I like the shout at Martinez because I think he's been an international manager a long time now. You know, with Belgium and now with Portugal, and maybe just the right club projects will come up for him. This is a, a big club, it's a big job, it would be a chance to come and have success. I don't mind the shout, like, I agree with you, God, I don't think it's going to happen mm. or it's going to, going to take off, but he's an elite level manager, that's for sure. He's done a wonderful job wherever he's been, he plays a really, really exciting brand of football. So I think he would tick a lot of boxes, maybe not the financial package, but uh, or luring him away for his Portugal yeah. job that uh, that Rogers talked about. But I don't, I don't think I think it's a good shout. I think that's a, the level that you probably should be targeting. Well, Tom, you've got the debate going, but my apologies, I did not realise I was so late for this break. So we'll have to take a breather and get more of your calls next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are about to team up on the full time teaser. So let me give you the question. The 
full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Score winning wardrobes at their new trade counter at Colville's Road. I can see Tommy hanging on the line. I think Hugh is going to join us as well. But let me get this question ready first. And it's a cracker thanks to the crazy pony who sent a difficult one in. I really like this, honestly. Pearson. <laughs> Do you hear this? I never know. You know, we've, you've been in the Saturday, you've done yep. your first Saturday show, and yep. you do the Who Am I? Yes. To read out a number of clues, yep. and then the audience have to guess. I was off on Saturday as well, but news of this reached me very quickly that Mark Wilson just, just gave it away straight away, just just said the you, name. You asked the, the question, <laughs> Mark Wilson, <laughs> Pearson! That was it, and it was, that was, that that was that right. Done, quiz for. Anyway, uh, this won't be as easy. Since January 2022, there have been nine past or present old firm players. That have played under a manager Who's managed The opposite half Of the old firm Right Now it'll, t- it'll take a couple of reads But I think once you get going Since January 2022 There have been nine Past or present Old firm players That have played Under a manager Who's managed The other half Of the old firm Since January 2022 Mm-hmm Incredible, isn't it? So nine. So they, 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 they've, they they've played for the old firm in the last two years, effectively. No, 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 no. They've right. they've played they've under played. the manager in the last two years, but they might have played for Celtic Rangers a bit before that. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to give you one? No, no, just no, to get no, you up no, and no, running. No, no. This is going to be one of these ones. It's going to take us a moment or two, as you say. Yep. Then we'll once we get a couple. It's, I mean. Like when you read it all It all makes sense There's nothing sneaky in there But just the imagination And the question is Spectacular I'll tell you what I'm going to do Right No I'm, I'm going to do this There is only one Who is currently at Either of the clubs Right okay, So we'll okay. eliminate him Nicholas Raskin Played under Ronnie Dyla yeah. At Standard Liège Yeah Okay Yeah You see the thinking there So, the so other, it's now Former old firm players So the, are the other eight You're looking for Are no longer at the clubs but within the last two years, they've played under a manager who managed the other half of the old firm from where they played. <laughs> Everybody need paracetamol and ibuprofen with no, this question? No, it's coming. Yeah. How about... Oh no, just trying to think. I Right, if it were me, and I'm not as much of an expert as you do, I would start with the managers. Is that where yeah, you started? Yeah, yeah. Right, so what manager are you thinking? Just pick it, pick... Lenny. No. Right, okay So has In the last two years Neil Lennon managed Any former Rangers players Brandon, Brandon Barker. Barker Yes There we go We're up and running now Okay, yeah, okay Any other managers That spring to mind? Well What if you work back Can't imagine There's any from Ange Is there? No Prior to that Neil Lennon No more Neil Lennon Than Zeller Or other? No So Brendan Giovanni Nope Before him mm. Anybody Stephen Gerrard Okay Who is Stephen Gerrard Jack Hendry Yes oh, See there, there we go In Saudi Arabia There we go Right. We'll Moussa get... Dembele Yes yes Now you're up and running You're up and running now Okay we'll get to them Hopefully uh, Before the end I thought we were about to speak to Hugh uh, On the line But he's He's busy now He's so trying to work out this question um, Let's bring in Tommy Who is In Govan Hi Tommy Hi there, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Aye, good, good. Um, listen, just a wee quick comment about the the Martinez one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it's okay for a bit of a laugh or whatever, but you'd need to be gubbing deludum all to think there was any remote possibility at, 
Um, I mean, Celtic offered him, I spoke to him over a decade ago, and he chose Wigan over uh, Celtic. And at that time, Celtic would have been a plum job, and Wigan wasn't. So I don't see him leaving uh, Bel- the Belgian job. Portugal he is now. He's at Portugal now. Ah, yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. The, yeah. the, Port- uh, the Portugal job. So that's not going to be happening. Um, so there's no point really talking it as a serious possibility, but. Uh, you know, if Rangers are looking to punch a wee bit above their weight with maybe somebody who's got a proven track record, because this was a good shout. Ah, he's just taking a job, though, hasn't he? Just, Marseille, take, yeah. just taking Marseille. Mm, that's a difficult that? one. Um, any other name? Because I don't mind. I don't mind a wish list at this point. I think round about now or in the next couple of days, we'll need to narrow it down. We expect something to happen. But if there was a, what what would the dream be, Tommy, at the moment? The dream. Um, Basically, get a team on the park that are capable of challenging mm. Celtic. Oh, sorry, I meant I name. You know, if, if you were if you were I to go optimistic, I, I get that. I mean, I don't really care who it is. I mean, Potter, as Kenny said, is probably you know an outside chance. Um, if Sean Dykes get the sack, <laughs> he might be another one. But you, you know, you're kind of struggling to think of anybody who's sitting waiting on a job. Um, Mark Hughes, maybe, but again. You know, the wages is going to be the stumbling block and don't forget, um, Beale basically squandered whatever cash there was on it looks like a collection of duds. So even if you got Mourinho in, they're going to need to be doing something pretty special to turn that lot around. Yeah. That's the way it looks to see me. the names that are getting mentioned now, Tommy? Do you know much about them? Have you got a favourite out of them or is it just waiting to see? Uh, Philippe Clement, Muscat, etc.? I mean, the, the, the fact that they, it's almost like a coin show, basically, Rangers the last few. And I'm a Rangers man, by the way. I'm no on here uh, rubbing it in or anything. But really, since I think Murray left the club, it's been a complete clown show. Casina uh, and McCoy and just duds after duds. Stevie was the only bright spot. Um, but then here we're back to, and then they're appointing Davis and Smith and Ray. I mean, it's like, like a sick joke a sick joke <laughs> that's quite an extreme uh, take on it I, I, somewhere in amongst all the very exaggerated language I think we would agree that you always need to get managerial appointments right it's like the most obvious statement um, but again Rangers do find themselves Kenny yet again in a scenario where it's like it's really really vital again at that kind of crossroads though of, got to get it right <laughs> no but you know what I mean though yeah. because if you're off the back of one rebuild here like, like, I mean, they've, they've they've rebuilt. So what do you what do you do when the rebuild doesn't work? That's yeah. when it becomes even more critical. It does, and it becomes it becomes tougher. You know, it becomes really, really so. Whoever comes in is now going to have to deal with the uh, the aftermath of this rebuild. And at this moment in time, it, it, Roger said he's going to need to get more. The next manager's got to get more out of this group. That's going to be crucial. You know, because can you just write off? Signings that maybe I don't know three million, four million, whatever it's been spent on the likes of Dessers and Lammers, you're still to see anything really. Danilo, who was reportedly five, six million pounds, so uh, you need to get more out of them. And by the way, you need to get more of them straight away because you're not able to do anything for the next two and a half months, two, almost three months. You know what you've got is what you've got. So I, I think you need to get the new manager will be, needs to get the injured players back as well because I think they make a big, big difference. The likes of Cantwell, the likes of uh, Tom Lawrence in particular in these attacking areas. So it's uh, aye, the Rangers will have to get it right. I know it's that, it's that 
saying it's not as if you're trying to get it wrong, but it's, it's even more important that the right guy can come in that does get more out of this group, that uh, does have these man management skills, does have all the criteria, the, the character, the personality, stand in front of that Ibrox crowd and take criticism when it's there. Because, by the way, there's, a, there's going to be spells over this next three months, four months that will be there. Because this group at this moment in time are are really, really toiling. They need to be picked mm -hmm. up. They need to get more out of them. So it's going to be a big job for whoever comes in. Here's an interesting one. Some very interesting quotes or comments today uh, from Billy Davis. He's been speaking to our pals over on the, Scot the Big Scottish Football podcast. Uh, here's what he had to say on the Rangers managerial vacancy. I'm available. I'm just along the road. It's a great club and a club that I admire greatly. I would... I certainly would go into the end of the season and help them. I've got no doubt that if that offer ever came along, then that's something that I would look at. You're no offering your services for free. Billy Davis, with all your successes in the past and the type of manager that you are, that wants to bring back the fear factor and the drive to Rangers that you think they're lacking, that you think you can bring, you're willing to do that for free? Ewan... <laughs> as, I said, as I said to you, if he wants to have a long shelf life, right. he better well, be careful. Well, well, listen, I know, I, listen I, I know that he's made that offer. Uh -huh. Right? He told me he's made that offer and and the messages have been going backwards and forwards between him and James Bisgrove. So that offer is definitely on the table. And you're happy to do that. Well, that's that's the thing. You, you've got to, you know, you've got to look at things very carefully and, and then make decisions from there. I've got, I've got no doubt that that challenge would be a very exciting challenge. And... Uh, as I said to you before, I'd be I'd be delighted to help them to the end of the season if that was the case. Roger? Um, well, listen, seven days ago in this show, I think the last caller of the evening phoned in to suggest Billy Davis as a candidate for the Rangers' vacancy. And Kenny spoke very well about Billy's credentials. You worked with him at Derby. I've heard Chris Boyd saying the same about his work with him at Nottingham Forest. Um, he has been out of the game for a long time. And maybe Billy feels that he needs to make an offer like this to the club, you know, so he's, you know, he's been out of the game for a while and it's easy for James Bisgrove and John Bennett not to consider him. They'll probably be considering what he said today now. Listen, I can only speak about working with him and, and it was only a short time, but I know speaking to, I've actually not heard any player no say he's very, very good at what he does. He is a motivator. The one thing about him as well, he's had success anywhere he's been. You know, he's taking Preston to playoffs. He's, he's got Derby promoted. It was a, wasn't was a great Derby team as well that he actually got there. I think even, I think I've seen some stats on him last week. He's, his record at Forest, his record at Motherwell stands up against most of the managers that have been in that building, those respective buildings as well. So I enjoyed working with him. You know, I think his attention to detail is very, very good. Yes, he's been at the game a long time. There may be reasons for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoy working with him. Let's try and squeeze in a couple more before the break. Robert is a Rangers fan. Robert. Any of the short Hi, list, any of the short Hi, list jumping out for you? Just Pascal Janssen. I mean, I, I heard last week on another radio show that I'll not mention that uh, Arthur Newman and Ronald DeVore had told the Rangers hierarchy to go for Pascal Janssen. Now, another thing about what Gordon DL said at the weekend about uh, Beale's man management, he basically put his own ruined fashion cigar and persuaded them to go because it was life-changing money. Ashton Sakala was a great player. He never had his shooting boots on every game. But he ran his heart out. And Arfield, I didn't care why Arfield left, because if you look at Arfield, what is he, 34 or 36? But if Stephen Davis was still, if Steve Davis, Stephen Davis was still fit enough to play, he would be either on the bench or on for the start every week. And he's almost 41. 
and they've got Riddy Kolak, and he scored like 11 or 12 goals, and the, the, uh, you've got to give the guys a chance, the, 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 the guys that Beal brought in, but at the minute, they just look so mm. low on confidence. And, and yeah, it was interesting there, Robert, going for Pascal Janssen, not heard one going for that tonight, I don't think, yet, um, and spoke, speaking about those ex-players who had endorsed him, because, Roger, it appears Graham Souness is taking quite a role in advising on the next managerial well, if you, appointment. If you go back to the summer, the board were in conversations with Graham Souness to offer him a role, an advisory role, if you like, at the club, and he sort of stepped away from doing anything, you know, official, if you like. But it doesn't surprise me at all, um, after those talks in the summer, if the board were going back to him on a sort of unofficial, ad hoc basis and just, you know, running ideas past him, running names past him to get his own thoughts. Um, I think it just makes sense for John Bennett and James Bisgrove because they haven't had a an appointment like this to make before. They, they do take, take soundings, I should say. It's probably just not Graham Souness they're speaking to. They're probably speaking to a lot of people in the game to... You know, way up the the Jansons versus the Clemons mm. or the the Davises versus the Muscats or the Parkers against you know whoever. Uh, what about Scott and Sterling? What do you think, Scott? Hi there. Sorry. Um, uh, my th- my thinking was uh, Julian Lopetegui aiming high yeah. again. Don't mind that. But listen, you talk about aiming high. I don't think there's anything the matter with aiming high. Kenny mentioned Celtic aiming high to get Brendan Rodgers, and in the two occasions that Brendan took the Celtic job, he was out of work at the time. Julian Lopetegui is out of work this time, having left Wolves. So I don't think it's a mad shout. You know, one of the callers earlier on spoke about Roberto Martinez. Had Roberto Martinez not been in work, that wouldn't have been a daft shout either. I just think, you know, he's in the midst of this project in Portugal. I don't think he'll leave it to come to a club job like Rangers. But Lopetegui, why not? Listen, he's certainly done a decent enough job at Wolves. Uh, stepped away, I think, maybe a bit of lackey backing in the, in the summer. And obviously he's got a, I mean, he's got the pedigree, the track record, the experience, all the words that you want to lose. But uh, you, sorry... But again, listen, his, his name's not been mentioned at all. Again, it's one of these that I think Rangers will be down the line with the guys. Probably more, I'll be close to the to the guys that have been mentioned over this last three or four days. But again, it's another shout. Potters, Lopetegues, I think Martinez is, yeah, it's just I can't see any of them coming in at this moment. Mm, Scott, of the any of the, who, that's who you kind of want. Who do you think it's going to be, if, if I've reworded that properly? Uh, your manager's got sacked today from Birmingham. Um, I think Rangers should have him as a player as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Roger. It does seem like he's not on Rangers' kind of final list. Is there is there any scope? Do you think for a a late, you know, a late I, running at the back surprised. post from anyone? I, I would be surprised unless a Dylan Lopetegui, you know, comes to Rangers and offers his services. Um, John Eustace, I thought John Eustace was doing a terrific job at Birmingham. And it's a new board, it's new owners. They want to bring in their own new man. It will be Wayne Rooney will take charge. It's very harsh on John Eustace. I think scored seven. You know, Birmingham scored seven goals and back to back wins. Are sixth in the table. He's taken them from seventeenth last season. He will get a very good job very soon. In fact, there's probably English Championship boards ready to sack their managers and go and yeah. get John Eustace. Yeah. Uh, right, so what about this question then? We are looking for, and it, it, it sounds difficult, well, I mean, it is difficult, but once you hear some of the answers, since January 2022, there have been eight former Old Firm players that have played under a manager who managed the opposite half of the Old Firm. So, like, Jack Hendry plays under Stephen Gerrard. 
Moussa Dembele plays under Steven Gerrard. Brandon Barker, believe it or not, played under Neil Lennon in Cyprus. Any more? Steph Johansson. Under? Warburton. Well, actually, Mike Beale. Michael Beale, yeah. There's no count for Warburton then, no? Well, he's, he's an answer, yeah. but th- there's, there's what, a reason for what, that. What about yeah. Stephen Davis? No. No? I wonder if he'd played under Martin O'Neill at Villa. Well, it's in the last two years, remember, it would need to be. Yeah. Oh, he's actually played under the guy yeah, in the yeah, last... Oh, yeah, yeah. Played, oh, sorry, I was thinking Stephen Davis had played for Rangers in the last two years. No, right, he's played under you. the manager in the last two it's years. It's a confusing yeah. question, Roger, I'll mm. give you that, yeah. It needs to be it threw me, you two it threw out, me. But now you've, now you've got yeah, it, surely. We've grasped it, yeah. Uh, okay, so to help you up just a bit, because it's taken that... So you mentioned Mark Warburton, yeah. and you were thinking the club... Was QPR. Right. So, so not for us. So are there, no, no. Is there not? Are there any other former thinking. Celtic players who played under Mark Warburton at QPR? What if they were really former? As in going back. So still playing, but it so happens when they played for Celtic, that was a while ago. But they played for Warburton at QPR recently. So good win that. Yeah, as I'm I was going through their team, trying what, to work out. What's Gordon DL's it's always War a goalkeeper. Cry. Yeah. Come on then, there's always a goalkeeper. Trying to think of the QPR keepers. I thought they had Senny Dieng. They did, it, but he, he never played for Celtic. Any former Celtic goalkeepers that played for QPR in the last couple of years? Oh, that's good. Still playing. In our top flight. Liam Kelly? No. no he oh, he's the same Celtic. time. He's an angel goalie. I'm done. He's still Man. in green and white. Well, the goalie strip might be a different colour. David color. Marshall. David Marshall. Oh, yep, so there's always a goalkeeper. Give me some yeah. thinking time. We'll get the Came rest of the answers one, next. Yep. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Brutally difficult question on the full-time teaser. Thank you to the Crazy Pony for sending it. Thanks for the support from the good folks at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions. East Bride. Can you name, uh, I took. I gave you a bit of a clue, I gave Nicholas Raskin as an example. So that changed the question to, since January 2022, eight former Old Firm players have played under a manager who managed the opposite half of the Old Firm. Yes, I know, your head hurts thinking about it. Mine does too, but the answers help. So Jack Hendry plays under Stephen Gerrard. Moussa Dembele plays under Stephen Gerrard. Stefan Johansson played under Michael Beale, Brandon Barker played under Neil Lennon, and David Marshall played under Mark Warburton, which means you've got three to get. He's flying. Go, Kenny. James Sands under Dyla, New York City. Oh, I love it. I love your work. Yes, well done. And? Go on, Rod, you got it. Ahmed Diallo, ex Rangers Loney, who would play under Tony Mowbray at Sunderland. I see it. You've even shown your working. Well done. Okay, so one to get before the end. I think we will get there. Right, any other talking points from the weekend that deserve our attention? I'm sure there are loads. Edinburgh Derby, you gave a flavour at the start. You felt that your well, your howler of the weekend went to Toby Civic for two assists for the other team. Your man of the weekend went to Ellie Ewan for his double. Is it because of because it was at Tynecastle and because of the, the way the scoring went, is it a much happier day for Hibs, I take it? Is that just stating the obvious? Absolutely, because Hibs never played well. Not at all. Even no. in that second half where they, they, they had that wee spell uh, that they got the goals in, Hearts 
in the first half I thought played very very well I felt the two shapes really helped Alex Lowry who got the player of the weekend for Roger just kind of operating in behind that midfield four uh, uh, in particular Joe Newell and, 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 uh, and James Jago just floating in behind he got on the ball so much he was causing a lot of problems he had opportunities it was the heart of their second goal Stephen Naismith will feel really really disappointed the fact that his team have, have come away with one point there and not three there's no doubt about it and Nick Montgomery is just kind of building on that feel good factor at the moment that they've come back for two down they've got a draw he stays unbeaten in his time as the Hibs manager in this international between international breaks so, but uh, Stephen will be really disappointed I think Hearts were, the, were definitely the better team of the piece yeah, and Nick Montgomery will be happy with that. He's made a decent start to his Hibernian career. They're in a League Cup semi-final. I think the scrutiny in Edinburgh will be on Stephen Naismith. Um, he hasn't won over all the Hearts fans. Mm-hmm. He's got an awkward run of fixtures now. I say that because it does throw up opportunity. If you can win some of the games, Celtic next on the telly at a full house, Tynecastle, with only, what, 550 Celtic fans there or something. He's then got Rangers in the league. He's got Rangers in a League Cup semi-final as well. So there's opportunities there. But there's also the opportunity to lose those games and that increases the scrutiny. Um, Other than that, where else? What about Livingston, Motherwell? Everyone was waiting on Motherwell, I think, sort of getting back to winning ways because they've lost three in a row but actually performed really well within them. And when you consider two of them were against the big two, this is when getting no points from those games the performance doesn't really count for much because you then go to the next game and lose to Livingston it, it doesn't and the one thing I would say about Motherwell is that at the end of last season they were in, ter- in terrific form under Stuart Kettle since he came in I think his record was right up there with Rangers and Celtic in his, in his time was it maybe 14 games or so towards the end of last season and they continued that way you know so they were but even though they lost big players they, they continued that really good runny form into this season It'll be interesting to see them now off the back of four defeats because, yes, they've performed well, but they'll be come with defeats, takes your confidence, gets knocked, a wee bit of pressure starts to build you. They're in that kind of mid-table area now where they have dropped down a few places. If they were to drop points in the next one, they maybe find themselves outside the top six for the first time for a little while. So it's interesting to see how the players respond. Like, I, I've really been impressed with it. I, watched, I was at the, at the game against Rangers at Ibrox and I've no doubt they should have got Sarn out of that game. They played very well and obviously conceding the, the goals, the late goals against Celtic, uh, it's probably fair to say they maybe deserve something out of that game as well. So that was a really disappointing day. Obviously, again, sending off always impact games. Yeah, I want to complain about the red card shown to Lennon Miller. I want to. I don't know if I quite can. Is, it, is there definitely contact to put me out of my misery? There looks to be minimal contact. Sometimes minimal contact's enough. The referee sent him off. On the field, it was backed up by the mm. VAR. Um, I don't think you can ken the lad. He's, he's doing what any player would have done, you know. He's, he's actually trying to get out of the way of it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're going to come about No, I'm not. I'm not. I just, <laughs> it was just, it was just listen. It, I don't even think three, it, what I meant was yeah. I don't even think it's the kind of taking one for the team. Were, I think he's genuinely just trying to get There were three there. defeats for Motherwell with three very good performances. There was a defeat for Motherwell at the weekend. I'm not so sure that was a good performance. Stuart Kettle and the players have now got a fortnight to stew on that. They go to Perth next. And it'll be interesting to see what he does because he's stuck with the personnel, with that formation. It's served him well. Lennon Miller's now not there because of suspension. Does he take that opportunity just to shake things up a little bit? Mm, yeah, and elsewhere, I think that was pretty much it. One fell full to the weather. Yep. I'm not surprised it was only one. Uh, Dundee and Ross County. 
And can you say a great deal about Aberdeen nil, St Johnston nil? Oh, rubbish. That's not a great result that for Barry Robson though. You know, if you're trying to build yourself as the sort of third best team and all that stuff, you can need to win those home games, don't you? It, it, particularly against a team that are really yeah, top without I mean, yeah. a win, you know. Like, and and they had built decent enough momentum over the last four mm-hmm. games, you know, that they came away with positives with, with uh, the loss in Frankfurt, then they had back to back wins against Ross County, that great result at Ibrox against Rangers. They should have won the game, I felt, uh, against Helsinki on, on Thursday night. The chances they had to go and go ahead in the game. So I felt they could have continued that, but that was a really, really poor result. One more on the teaser. We're looking for one more former Old Firm player that has played under a manager who's managed the other half of the Old Firm in the last two years. You've got Jack Hendry, Musa Dembele, Amad Diallo, Stefan Johansson, Nicholas Raskin, Brandon Barker, James Sands, David Marshall. Go on, Roger. You normally finish off. You know, know, you've normally had the answer written know, down all along. No, 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 no. Just no. saved it for a. It's another one of the Ronnie Dyla New York City gang. Former Rangers player. And I think he was a former teammate of yours. Oh come on, Kenny. There you go. There's every chance you were what there about fifteen times, but. In a second, I can see. So some... think the championship season. Emerson Heinemann. Close, but no right nationality. The one from Arsenal, this guy, oh, Gedin Zelalem. There we go. Thank you. We got there. Twenty seconds to spare. Not a problem for these two. We are back tomorrow. The question will not be as hard tomorrow because it's Gordon DL and Mark Wilson, and we will speak to you at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>